The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Paperback writer! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Jeff Emmerich era. Yeah, exciting stuff. That's right. I agree with John that uh, this is a relative of Day Tripper. It's a tune based off of one riff that nonetheless never feels repetitive. I'm not sure about the lyrics because I can't tell if Paul's making fun of aspiring book writers or not. It doesn't ruin my good time listening to it, though. Yeah, yeah, this is totally a relative of Day Tripper, and I think we're all better for it. I think it's one of the best guitar lines in the whole catalog. And also the use of echo effects on the vocal gives us a real peek as to what we're in for shortly. Right. Yeah. Also, I don't think he's making fun of book writers. I think I think I mean, maybe he's making a distinction between hardcover writers and paperback <laughs> writers, meaning like well, one's more serious than the other. Right, but then I, he says I, it's about a thousand pages, which is not something that would go straight to paperback. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, based on a writer by a man named Lear, Lear was a surrealist writer, from what I've read, that he was talking about. So I feel like it was a tug-in-cheek. Perhaps. Sure. Yeah. John said, uh, as I mentioned, paperback writer is Son of Day Tripper, but it is Paul's song. Son of Day Tripper meeting a rock and roll solo with a guitar lick on a fuzzy, loud guitar. Brother from another father, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. A son of a son of a sailor. Paperback writer was an attempt by Paul to write a song based on a single chord, possibly influenced by Indian music, but most likely a result of their marijuana use. Other songs from this period, notably the word, if I needed someone, it's rather knows, were similarly modeled. Andrew is toking up, right, right, and not offering me any. I thought you were a teetotaler. So, yeah. it always makes me hungry, like the few times I've actually, if we're getting yeah, serious. It's- it's not, yeah, it's not like a thing that I really like to do. <laughs> no. no. More of a drinker. Yeah. That's more of the thing I like. Uh, so there's a couple of theories as to where the song came from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul said at one point that he wrote it after reading a Daily Mail report about an aspiring author. And he composed it on his way to John's house in Weybridge. Um, or Paul strode into the studio, marched straight over to the piano, and proclaimed, Get around, lads, and have a listen to our next single. <clears throat> John gave Paul a sideways glance of disapproval. He never liked losing, but nevertheless joined Ringo and the two Georges for the private concert. Paul patted a catchy mel- melody, instantly hummable, filled with memorable hooks. Mm-hmm. So, and then at that point, it seemed like John heard it for the first time. It, it, this is Jeff Emmerich's version from Here, There, and Everywhere, which we're going to talk about a lot from this point forward. Jeff Emmerich became the engineer on Beatle albums, starting with uh, Paperback Writer and Rain single. So, 
Um, and he wrote a great book. Uh, I had the, I think I still have the signed, a signed copy, not a paperback. Uh, um, but I don't know where it is, but it's on Amazon for five bucks. So, yeah, I, I've always wanted to read this book. This is a, 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 I think, you know, I think someone lent it to me and I just never got the chance to read it and returned it, but it's, it's something I really want to read. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good for technical heads like, like yourself, techies. Um, Paul also apparently based the lyrics on a challenge made to him by his aunt Lil, who said, uh, why do you always write songs about love all the time? Can't you ever write about a horse or a summit conference or something? So I thought, all right, Auntie Lil. Or, according to Radio Luxembourg DJ Jimmy Savile, the inspiration came backstage at a concert when McCartney, mindful of his aunt's request, saw Ringo reading a book and declared his intention to write a song about a book. Okay. that. What do you think it is, Roger? If, I, if, no. Right, the Aunt Lil thing, I believe... And because that could work with, you know, other inspirational, other the, the other insp- inspirational stories here. Um, yeah. I feel like Jeff Emmerich. I always get to trust more than anybody else. Yeah. Like I think it's I think it's a couple things here too. I think that like he he was inspired like maybe someone gave him a challenge to you know do something different. And he was inspired by seeing Ringo, but I could also after watching Get Back, I could definitely see him walking in saying, "Hey, check this thing out," because yeah. that's what he did. And they would all sit they they all sat and watched him you know compose something and you know bashed it out for better or worse. The weird part is, like, he says in the Daily Mail version that John was the one who told him to address it as, as a letter. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, that could have happened while they're gathered around the, around the piano. Well, I see. Yeah, maybe. That's a like, good point. Because it seems like, like he had a good melody, and it seems like maybe there was some lyrical stuff to work out. Mm-hmm. You know. Does it matter? Yes. I know some of you. Of course, it matters. It, yes, it matters to me. I, I, I love to know about where ideas come from. It's a, of it's course, a mystery. yeah. Um, That's what was so illuminating about watching that movie was you could see like how how things really came to be, and whether that was you know more cleverly edited in like a ten hour film, but who knows. Mm. Paperback writer is most notable for its heavy bass line, played by Paul at a Rickenbacker in place of his usual Hoffner. Uh, its recording caused some headaches for the EMI technicians who were subject to strict rules about how microphones and amplifiers should be used. Uh, Paul said to Jeff Embrick before they got to recording, I need you to put your thinking cap on. This song is really calling out for that deep Motown bass sound we've been talking about. So I want you to pull out all the stops this time. Um, they, Jeff Everett says in his book about how, like, they could never, it took a long time for them to get the Motown bass sound, and it turned out it was because of, it was the machines at EMI, it wasn't properly installed. I think that was the, the explanation. So, what, uh, Jeff ended up doing was he put a speaker, a speaker was used as a microphone, 
position in front of the base amp for extra boost. Then it was mastered using another Abbey Road invention, the Automated Transient Overload Control, ATOC, which allowed extra bass without risking the stylus jumping on playback. I, I love stuff like this. Like we've talked a lot about the creativity of, you know, about the Beatles musically, like they're pushing boundaries and they're, especially now they're like, they're pushing the engineers to mm-hmm. really get the sound that they're hearing in their heads. So it's really fun to hear about those people who were also their creative foils who really helped make it happen. And it was Jeff who I was either 19 or 20 at the time uh, that was willing to break the rules because he figured, well, you know, if I can't do this for the Beatles, I can't do it for anybody. Right. Uh, stupid Norman Smith, the original engineer, he wanted to be a producer. Um, and he couldn't do both jobs. So he found some band called the Pink Floyd, but uh, I, he left before they became super big, fortunately. He's, he uh, he set his controls for the heart of the sun. McCarty played the lead guitar on this track out at Epiphone Casino, while George Harrison used a Gibson SG standard guitar. They also used these instruments for rain and a bunch of revolver. This I didn't know. John and George can be heard singing Frere Jaca in their backing vocals during the last two verses of the song. I had no idea until yeah. I <laughs> But they definitely do. Yeah. Um, they recorded what the was possibly the first music videos because they didn't want to appear on TV and go to different studios. So they did promotional videos, as they call it, for this song in Rain, which was directed by Get Back director Michael Lindsay Hogg. The Michael Lindsay Hogg era begins as well. <laughs> That's right. He Did you know he might be the son of Orson Welles? Yes, I did learn that. Yeah. Which makes it funny that he talks about Orson Welles and that story about uh, <laughs> where he would quit a play and then come back that night. Uh, when, uh, when I started watching that movie, I started like doing research. I'm like, who are these people? And that was kind of funny to learn. <laughs> yeah. And you could see it. Yeah, you can. Uh, do your own research. Andrew does. <laughs> I've done my research. Now you do yours. Um, the only time the Beatles ever appeared on Top of the Pops was to, uh, re- just to perform the song. The so. Beatles. Top of the Pops. The Beatles. Top of the Pops. I keep making Arpert references with this podcast. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, Paperback Rider was the first Beatles single since She Loves You not to debut at the top of the UK charts. Charts. Sales were the lowest for any release since Love Me Do. But uh, in the U.S., the song was number one for two non-consecutive weeks, being interrupted by Frank Sinatra's Strangers in the Night. What were the chances? I know, right? Uh, Love Count, zero. Yeah. It's not a love story. No. Thousand pages, no love. Josie Scale, gonna give this one a yeah. I agree. This is a wonderful song. Uh, it's a yeah for me as well. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. 
But we also love the outfield a lot So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band Someday we'll judge if they're fine Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine